I'm doing the gypsy part. Are you? Master Ninja theme song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it hits. Shokasuji pops his clutch and tells Van Cleef to eat his dust. That's the one. That's the one. I watched watched the Master Ninja episode not long ago, so it's fresh. So good. It's it's, it's one of my favorites. Master Ninjas part one and two. Mystery Science Theater. Mm. This is where where we're at right here. Right. And uh, there was a TV show called The Master. Yes. Failed TV show called The Master about a ninja. Lee Van Cleef was the ninja. Yeah. And and a well-aged Lee Van Cleef. Didn't didn't, uh, uh, Paul make us watch an episode one time after a a cast? It's possible. I, I seem to remember... He had us watch the uh, space one. What's the one with the, he tried to kill me with a forklift. That one. Oh, God. Uh, uh, I'm totally blanking now. Because that's that's based on a Japanese television show. Wow. I will say, when, when Todd introduced me to Mystery Science Theater K, the, the two that he insisted were good intros were Master Ninja. Definitely. And Mitchell. Definitely. Those are the two. Those are the two that got me hooked. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm totally. I'm both feet in on this one. Oh, <laughs> Joel's final episode, Mitchell. Yeah, my lead my, us. my my Mitchell. <laughs> Star- yeah, starring was, Don Baker. Well, that yep. that that uh that master show was just weird. Van Cleef would always right. get in black, and then you'd have the black stunt double. Right, but then. Timothy Van Patten? Yes. Would would walk around like a surfer Mealy mouthed. Yeah, and, Timothy Van and throwing punches like he was just uh street fighting. Right. That's yeah, that's Timothy Van Patten in his uh 70s action van. Yeah. <laughs> Hauling but around Lee Van Cleef who's looking for van. looking for his daughter. <laughs> but Joe Don Baker and Mitchell dude. Dude. <laughs> every every bit of Gross. that Gross. Every bit of that show is just ridiculous. It's just all insane. I mean, they had so much riff material on that one. It's, yeah. it's yeah, you're right, and still to this day, yeah, uh, those two and Manos Hands of Fate are the probably the three top. Yeah. Ah. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number five hundred forty-eight. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. And we're here to talk week and geek. I, I have no idea why the Master Ninja theme song just popped in my head I, there. I don't know. We were talking about weird shits yeah. and things that make a shit. <laughs> and then the Master Ninja theme song came on, and uh, I record, started recording way too late. Yeah. So, so sorry you missed that, so, folks. Yep, so, sorry. Well. Sorry, not <laughs> sorry, not sorry. We spared you. We not s- sorry, sorry, not sorry. We, we spared you the horrificness that was that conversation. Oh, You're welcome. <laughs> But the the upshot is, I don't think I have to worry about a hernia right now. Yes, I, I agree Woo. with that All right. statement. That assessment. Al- although, if you do need one pushed in, ask for ketamine. Okay. I, I was like, I hear that if I get one pushed in, I get free ketamine. That's oh really? That's 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 the deal. Oh damn. And make deal. sure you have somebody with you to record all the things you yes. say. Well, this sucks because Andy would be my man for that. You're right. I mean, call I, Jeff. Jeff's I, good for that. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I, I still have the notes. I, soon, I get. <laughs> I mean, otherwise it's it's you know Vernon, and God knows how he'll edit it. 
Yeah. A ketamine trip changed my life. <laughs> That's oh, what I God. need, though. I touched I the need, infinite. I need a life change. That's so funny. I'm like, I'm rushing to the quick care. <laughs> His wife's like, she's like, I can't go. Can you go? be with Todd because he's by himself and, and I'm like Aww. yes I you know got dressed yeah you don't want to go on a trip on your by yourself <laughs> I, I, I didn't matter there. I was by myself no matter what <laughs> it was me and the universe <laughs> I just remember getting there and the nurse pulls the curtain aside and this his head just like slowly rolls to the left <laughs> and he's like Hi, Jeff. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. And they said, he's he's tripping a little right now, but he'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Just watching the words come out of his mouth, Jeff. <laughs> that like sounds, on, seems right. <laughs> sounds like Doom Patrol. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh, you haven't watched that yet? No, not yet. Mind. Not yet. Yeah, I got to fix that myself. It's on the list. Oh, please. What? Child, please. What? It's so good. <sighs> I'll get there. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Eventually. Mm. Some life. Yeah. It's so good. Alan Tudyk is, in season one, Alan Tudyk is amazing. He hasn't appeared yet so far in season two, but we're not even halfway through, so. Oh, my goodness. So this opens it up, guys. What yeah. geeky things did you do this week? Oh, I watched a lot of Comic-Con at home. Did you? Yeah. I'm surprised how little yeah. that I watched, only because I kind of realized it was happening, <clears throat> like, yesterday. So most of it had happened, but I was like, ah, well, I can subscribe to the channel, watch anytime yeah, I want. Exactly, yeah, and yeah. and they were all pre-recorded, and right. that was that was the down the downside of it is like you could tell that it was pre-recorded and edited, so you didn't have that off the cuff. Yeah, the the the, the off the cuff jokes, the you know the in the moment things that you get when you're at Comic Con and watching a panel. And and somebody says something that leads somebody to go down a rabbit hole. And right. You just, yeah. You're right. There so. there is something to that being there and everything happening live and yeah, people saying shit they shouldn't and it's great. But yeah, I, I watched the Star Trek panel which had um, the cast of Lower Decks interviewed and All they right. showed a few clips that was cool. They had the Discovery cast do a table read of the first act of the season finale. Good choice. Uh, which was really cool. And then they followed that with a Q&A. And then they had a Q&A with the Picard panel. So, yeah, it, it's, it's, it was a good panel to watch. I have the Mystery Science Theater one in my in my watch later. I just haven't gotten to it yet because it, it was weird. Like, some of the stuff that was at the time that Comic-Con at Home was going on was not on the official Comic-Con International channel. Because uh, oh. apparently Adult Swim, instead of going through uh, the Comic-Con channel, did their own live stream panels, plural, on Twitch. Okay. So, so I ended up having to watch clips of that, um, especially like the Rick and Morty stuff. Um, I had to watch that later on, um, not on Twitch, but like people on their separate sci-fi or whatever channel that that does reviews of stuff they'd say okay here's a here's the thing that was released on there but they didn't have any clips of the actual like creators of the various shows talking so i was kind of disappointed in that but uh but yeah apparently there were a few little panels that were adjacent but not part of the official that were on various platforms so that was a bit disappointing but uh yeah uh there was a lot of panels up there i mean it was it was difficult weeding through all the different recordings to yeah. see 
what it was I wanted to watch and what yeah. I wanted to skip. I actually, I actually just went through. I scrolled through and I was like, ah, 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 ah. It was so much. For four hours, like, ah. he was like, ah, boom. Yeah. Well, you can kinda. you can do it by the entire list or you can do it by the day. So they have them like subcategorized where you can just see what was posted which day. There's just a lot, like a lot of panels. Well, that, that, and, that's Comic-Con. You yeah. You pick and choose when you're there. Yeah. That's, and you, you can't, just, but at this time, you can actually get in. Yeah. And, and you forget like a lot of the, I'm not going to say lesser panels but panels that are smaller attendance lesser panels. panels they're lesser yeah. yeah lesser panels yes so those were those the were ones that, panels. Like, you're trying to figure out what they are the nathan fillion uh, uh it was like a, a conversation with nathan fillion was pretty funny because uh they brought him on to talk about you know firefly castle and the rookie but then they brought on a lot of his co-stars from the various series, and, and they were trying to get them to talk about him, but it ended up being like him praising his co-stars. And and um, uh, I'm forgetting her name right now. It was on Firefly. So he's like, see, see, like this is what always happens when we're together. Is like, you know, they want us to say something nice about Nathan, and then Nathan goes and turns it around and says nice about everybody else. He makes it about everyone but him. Oh, Nathan. I thought that was was kind of funny. But yeah, that was a good panel. Uh, I already mentioned the Trek panel. Um, Damn, I'm trying to remember the other ones I watched. I watched like... I watched like six or seven of them, and each of them is like 45 minutes to an hour at least. It's a chunk of time, man. So, yeah. It's a chunk of time. Chunk of time. Watch a couple in a day, and then, you know, approach it later on. Yeah, on Friday, we uh, had our uh, Monster of the Week game. But leading up to it, it was funny because uh, Steve, <clears throat> Professor Biggs, was talking about um, the boys' second season oh, panel. Yeah. It's still in my still in my queue. And it was really funny because uh, Matt Spaulding was like, "Ah, the boys! I could never get into that because just seemed like a." Eighth graders idea of what's be cool about a superhero thing. And so Steve, good. And Steve laughs. And uh, Jeff Harris there is, is like some well, eighth grader humor too. Well, sure. Jeff, Jeff Harris is like, Well, I you're just making me want to watch it more now. <laughs> and and we all laugh. And then and then uh Steve talked about but the trailer for season two is crazy. They show that on the panel. And we asked Steve, so is the trailer like an eighth grader's idea of what about, you know, being a superhero would be cool? And he goes, probably younger than an eighth grader. (laughs) 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 And then I watched it. And yeah, oh my God, it's crazy. My my wife loved the boys. And in fact, when we hit the end, at the end, she was upset that there wasn't more. There's just one season. Mm. So, I mean, oh, that's true. With you, she's probably used to entire completed series uh, done 10 years ago. Right. When you guys watch stuff. So, sure. It's like, oh, or we we watch a lot of uh, American horror stories. So, one season's one story. So, it's it's all done. Mm -hmm. So, she, yeah. she, she does not like cliffhangers when it comes to... She doesn't mind them as long as you can resolve them quickly. Right. Not right. next season. Yeah, well, it's... it's And this, I mean, The Boys is just so departed from the comic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, its own thing. You have no fucking clue what the hell's coming next, so... 
it's something. But uh, but the spirit's there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Spirit yeah, yeah, is yeah. truly there. And I uh, yeah. So I did enjoy watching that uh, watching that panel. I did watch that one. Yeah. I just uh, I I watched the NASA Return to the Moon panel, which was really cool. Uh, it was moderated by William Shatner. Although <laughs> it's so funny, he's he's not a great moderator because or. He, because he kept he would keep interrupting the people to get them to answer like whatever they were talking about would spring a question to his mind and he would interrupt them get them to stop to answer his question about something that he was puzzled by with the the subject so he had you know he had two uh nasa scientists uh, one who is engineering the the new spacesuits and the other who is a chemical engineer that's working on uh you know propulsion systems and then they had two astronauts so as they're they're doing the i don't want to say scripted but the kind of the pr explanation stuff he would stop them and it wasn't that they were understandable it was just like there was something he didn't get so he stopped them to go but well if i was entertaining if i don't get it the the audience didn't get it yeah well i think so that also might be maybe that's him trying to break up the pr thing because i have to say um in the captain's yeah. I was actually impressed by his interviewing. I actually thought he did a good job no, yeah. uh, leading those interviews in the captain's uh, DVD that he did. Yeah, shut down that PR and get in there and get the meat. There you go. Who'd you fuck? <laughs> Come on, spill uh, it. Who fucked in space? We know somebody did. <laughs> but I also watched uh, the Simpsons panel, which was really cool. I watched uh, American Dad panel, the Constantine 15 anniversary uh, had Keanu Reeves, the director and the uh, the producer there. It's a movie I thought about recently because it's like if you th- I'm glad somebody did. If you think of it as well, I I have hey, to say it's kind of an underrated film as far as like cine- the cinematography and everything. Because yes, I know you have your issues with it. What is it? My face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but let me. An awful lot no, of smoking no, no, wasn't no, no, there. Go talk. ahead, interrupt my face. What, what you have to say? <clears throat> yeah, I was yeah, really. Say, if you think of it like an alternate, an Elseworlds kind of, you know, an alternate story, the changes make sense that they made for the film. If because you, if you change his name from Constantine to Bernard, sure. Well, I'm saying like an alternate universe <laughs> thing. So well, he's not British, and he's not. At any rate, <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is not Constantine. Uh, well, but. If you take Constantine out and don't think of it as a, this is a translation of Constantine, it's not a bad film. Anyway, because I, <laughs> I thought a lot like you initially, but um, upon like further viewings and like thinking of it, it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of one-off comics and sure in everything. It 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 in my mind made more sense. I, and I, and looking at the the cinematography and the visual effects that they were doing and the the style that they had chosen for it, I was just very impressed and it and Tilda. And it's you know, it's 2005, so it's really before the major wave. I oh, mean, absolutely. all you really had in comic book movies at that point was X-Men. So I, it was I, right pri- prior to that big wave of comic book films. When it came out, I was glappy it was there. Yeah. There you I go. Knew, Absolutely glappy. I remember being in the theater with you and uh, coming out of it, and he's just like... <clears throat> At least we got something called Constantine. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get the Matt Ryan Constantine, right. who is... Who is Constantine. Who is is the comic book version yes. of... Com- the, At least the closest the Hellbla- become... The Hellblazer comic v- version of yes. Constantine. I, I, I absolutely... 
think he's phenomenal in that role. So, and it's kind of funny too. That in in Legends of Tomorrow, they've really gone into the whole, you know, him being omnisexual or pansexual, whatever you want to call it. You know, because he's 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 slept with men, women, and demons now so oh, far like in the series, Barrowman. which I think is funny. He yeah. chain smokes. It's uh, yeah, yeah, just like John Barrowman's Captain Jack Harkness. So, so it is funny that they have felt the freedom to do those kind of things, whether it's just because it's on the CW or or because, you know, we're finally in an age of, you know, at least somewhat CW acceptance. CW or the SJW. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Yep, man, babies, you're a dying breed. So continue to die out. <laughs> Oh God! Talking about man babies. I, oh shit! I, I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what algorithm YouTube has has oh, no. has started putting these things, uh, these <laughs> videos up about people and their um, their conspiracy theory on how Lucas is going to come in and rescue the Star Wars <laughs> oh, franchise. Oh no, dude! I've already. I've already. I mean, like, I've never watched any of them. There's but, supposed to be a Lucas cut. To yes. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. What? That yes. keeps, Get the fuck out of here. That with keeps that. popping up. What? Like Kathleen Kennedy's days are numbered. I mean, just They've all been this saying shit. That for years. I know, but I mean, it's like it's yeah. it's all popping up, and it's all like recent videos. It's like, why are you throwing these in my queue? I don't watch these kinds. It's of weird. You know, bullshit. I, I have noticed with YouTube if I use more of a less on on my phone, if like mm-hmm. I pull something up. Like you can say, like if you it shows you the recommends and let's say sure. that's on there, yeah. and then you say I don't want to see this, right? And then it says tell us why. Not always, yeah. but occasionally YouTube will say, "Do you not want to see any recommendations based on this?" And which is the what they're basing it from something that you watched. Right. So I'm like, if Ooh. that's what brought that by, then yes, take oh, that away. Thank that's you very actually much. Pretty good. Yeah, I've yeah. had to. I've had to silence political ads on uh, on YouTube because the ones that keep popping up on my feed like contain like false like a complete false information. What you can pray or you shit. So when when it tells me when it asks <laughs> yeah, me to explain Jesus. why I don't want to see the ad, I said ad contains uh, false. Yeah, it's full of lies. Yeah, and so and then it pops up again. It's like motherfucker. <laughs> I silenced you. Yeah, I'd rather not see political ads of any kind. Zuck's sitting here and he sees it's full of lies. Yeah, it's not a good enough reason. (laughs) Again, send (laughs) (laughs) two of two. Yeah, yeah. I keep getting that. Hi, it's Laura Trump here, and (laughs) I just want to tell you about a great opportunity. And I'm like, oh, four, three, two, one, skip ad. You know what? (laughs) YouTube's got me figured out because I haven't seen any of this shit. I, you know, it's, it's just, I blame, I blame the, the, the conservatives who just, just watch this and see what you think. And I watch it and I'm like, this is garbage. And then YouTube doesn't hear that part. (laughs) You're right. It doesn't. Man, oh, Manischewitz. That's, that's what it is. That's how they're getting in there. Oh, here, watch this video. YouTube. Oh, he's watched that video. He wants more of them. Yeah. Maybe I need to start adding in the blatantly false information. Yeah. Ad contains blatantly false information. <laughs> He's this sh- easily disprovable. <laughs> this shit lies and you should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> uh, let's see. What did I do? You know what? I saw Jay and Silent Bob reboot this week. Did you? And I have to go back to something that you said. Fuck. Kevin Smith made me cry. Yeah. 
because dude yeah Re- reboot is that out where is that? yeah it's it's a um, digital it's, dvd it's, it's it's available for the home market is it on hulu no it's on amazon prime video oh well i should for be free. able to find it and with with the subscription obviously right and it's it's i mean if you don't like kevin smith view askew style humor right it probably is not gonna if you didn't like the first jay and silent you bob won't like this one you, strike back you're not gonna like this one but i will say that this one has a heart yes. that that one did not. There Ooh. is a lot more heart to this one. I was super impressed. Uh, that man knows how to write a script. Yeah. And still keep it absolutely toilet humor. Yes. Uh, alive and well. <laughs> I, I was impressed with the amount of actors that he had previously worked with that he got to cameo in this film. Yes. and To an impressive level. And still give them like meaty material for a cameo. Bruce Willis was in it? No. That's oh. not, not going to oh, okay. happen. All right, okay. Uh, I saw your like, thing, by the way, Jeff. Did I tell you that? What? what? The, I've the, never seen Jeff's thing. Is it as big as he says it is? Well, it's uh, it's like a swollen belly button. And, <laughs> um, That's an inside joke. <laughs> inside! <laughs> they, they <hadn't> heard. <laughs> but, uh, no, um... The uh, the whole Bruce Willis... Oh, the, the second half the of the story? The second half of the story thing? I, I saw that. That was actually kind of funny. Yeah. But Jay and Silent Bob reboot, if you're a fan of uh, Kevin Smith films at all, don't miss it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful love letter. And what's fantastic to see across his entire View Universe stuff is you can actually see Kevin Smith grow as a, as a human being, not only in his ability to write right but just as a person his personal growth you can see in those movies yeah and if you see clerks to clerks 2 for right. example and in this one man this one has something to say and it's something beautiful it's it's and and as a filmmaker he's better he's a yeah. he's a better director and a better editor now love clerks but there's there's some pacing issues but it's okay cuz it's an independent film this is his first try oh, of course but you can see in start in a uh, reboot that he's got that pacing down and they, that that movie flows smoothly from beginning to end there's there's not a lot of pregnant pauses in there where you're just like what's happening and 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 as you said it's still it does all of that with the toilet humor and has some really heartfelt moments in it where you're just like god damn it i've never cried How? in a kevin smith movie yeah oh first one Aww. i never thought it would be jane silent bob reboot right <laughs> And and it's funny too because like I remember in the the press junkets him talking about getting Ben Affleck to come out and do that cameo after not having spoken to him for like better part of a decade that reuniting with him and you know reestablishing that friendship and that cameo was shot like after they had basically finished everything else so a lot of times when you do that it's it's kind of you know haphazardly inserted but when you watch it you're like. There's no way that this was <laughs> inserted after the yeah, fact. Yeah, it just it didn't feel like it. Nope. It, and it was, and uh, the material was perfect, really good. And, yeah, perfect natural spot for that. Yeah. And also a genuinely awesome moment. Yeah, and he he said he wrote like a, you know, he wrote something, he wrote like a one page for him to say and he's like, "Nah, he's going to hate this" and and ended up I guess loving it and you know, he's like, you know, their their friendly banter back and forth. I don't want to put words in their mouth, sure. but they had their they had their fun little take on on how that worked out. But yeah, that was a that was a great little scene with him in there. 
And I don't, I don't even want to say little scene because it's 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 a good what five minute chunk of the film easily easily. So much more than a normal cameo would be. So at any rate, yeah, I I'm glad you liked it. Glad oh, you liked it. Loved it. And I also saw Bright Burn. Ooh. Uh, oh still, my! Still on my DVR. I keep forgetting that I have it on there. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than okay. Less yeah. than good. It it definitely wants you to know that it's an R-rated movie because it does not flinch on the gore. It, it, yeah. 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 It's yeah. It, that that gore is there and the gore is horrific. Oh, is it? But be but because of what it is, it's it's it basically asks the question: What if Superman? was a kid was just inherently bad yeah mm-hmm. what if yeah. what if superman went the other way yeah, okay it's it's not bad as far as that story goes it it kind of falls along the way you kind of expect it to uh i will say when the kills happen though the kills are way over the top shit yeah, yeah. I, I recorded it back when the when the lockdown started and i forgot to watch it until you mentioned it just now i forgot it was on my DVR. same here it, this was me do, doing a dvr coma and yeah. like, oh bright birds on here let's do that tonight mm. and so it's worth a watch definitely worth okay. a watch i don't think it's going to change anyone's world um well andy said it was wasn't bad so i guess that's yeah. you know that's yeah that's usually pretty high praise from him so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why i recorded it <laughs> it's a popcorn night at home and since we're all at home anyways it's a good time for it there right. you go so yeah Reminds me, I got to get more popcorn. I'm out. <laughs> what? That was huge. I know. <laughs> Glass to be a good month. Wow. Uh, what else you do, Gish? I. It's not exactly geeky, but I watched uh, Trumbo. Oh yeah. Tell me, tell me, Trumbo. That sounds familiar. The movie about Dalton Trumbo, one of the Hollywood ten who got blacklisted, one of the Hollywood screenwriters. Uh, it's one with Brian Cranston. Yes. Yes, it's really good. Yeah, I, I also saw it uh, like a month and a half ago. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, I was impressed by it. Very interesting movie. Told it's in a it. low budget film too. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't. But yeah, it makes I, sense. Yeah, it was apparently it was. Uh, uh, not not a full on indie, but it was a, a low budget. You know, even mm-hmm. the, with the cast, you're like, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Because that you. movie is uh, had a lot of a lot of a yeah. lot of a lot of good people in it. It was just it was interesting. It was interesting, and it was uh, informative. Told you a little something about that that time, and coming back in too. I didn't real. I mean, I knew like from Woody Allen's The Front. I knew the story of the blacklisted writers writing for, for under other names, ghost writing, but I didn't realize the full extent of it. I I think I'd heard something about Trumbo winning an Oscar, but I didn't realize that he had actually won two Oscars under yeah. his uh, under his uh, <clears throat> fake names. Fake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One was uh, submitted under another writer's name, and then the other was just a completely, totally false name. And and this movie sort of took the angle that Hedda Hopper was like the spear, the tip of the spear for the whole blacklist thing and all that stuff. But it was definitely interesting comparison, interesting talking about all that stuff. The yeah. guy playing John Wayne was funny too. That yeah. was that was actually that was actually interesting. That's, and Edward uh, G. Robinson what's his name from from Jag, right? Uh yeah. Yeah, uh, it was only, and Dave, he, David James Elliott. I didn't he think had he second. he put a he put enough in there without actually overdoing yeah. it, and because boy, 
Yeah, because a lot of times when you see people play John Wayne, they really well, lean they, they, in they, heavily. Every, to every, the, everyone's done it so yeah. much that it's how can you how can you do it without veering into parody? I mean, it's almost so so ubiquitous in impressions. Right, he himself is almost a parody. Just yeah. listening to him, you know, act. You could almost say the same about Ever G. Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like you see a lot of like people that have done interviews with John Wayne, and they're like, "There's the there's the screen persona John Wayne that's the exaggerated version, and then the the quote unquote public persona, and right. and and the the screen version is what everybody does as the yes um, impression and or uh, representation of him on film, and they and it's completely different. They hit on that too in the movie yep. when they come into the uh, the uh, the Hollywood Alliance meeting, yep. and, and he's talking. And Trumbo was like, my goodness, I didn't realize he was so good. And Robinson's like, that's because he's not acting. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, but uh, And it was really funny. I want to challenge everyone who, uh, who uh, is a is Star Trek experience affiliated to look at Diane Lane for the first half hour of that movie and... and, and it, it's April A. Bear. <laughs> it's, it's like she spent a month with April and ripped off April A. Bear. It's hilarious. <laughs> her head bobs, her her little physical nuances. It I, I was just like seeing April all over the place, and it was just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Cranston does a great job with the Dalton Trumbo. I guess if you want to call him character, but yeah. I mean it stays apparently fairly true to. What I know about the, mm-hmm. you know, the the blacklisting days, uh, and for Shock Monkeys playing at home, I'm going to mention Film School because <laughs> we did we did talk about uh, we did talk about the uh, the Hollywood blacklist um, in Film School, and that was that was a really terrible era. I mean, because it, it it didn't even take there were you didn't have to have proof, just the accusation, and you were blacklisted. But what's not common knowledge is a lot of those writers. You know, some of them struggled, but a lot of them did ghostwrite, and they would give it to a friend, and the friend would put their name on it, and then that friend would end up taking right. all the, you know, the credit for it. Yeah. So you had a lot of unsung writers that were that were still getting stuff produced, but couldn't put their name on it because the studios wouldn't accept it otherwise. I and the the, the story of going to the King Brothers yeah. to do the Schlock movies. Yep. That was hilarious too because they were just they they're turning out scripts for uh you know terror on the beach or whatever the fuck uh you know the at one point it's like uh, we just bought a gorilla suit and it's like okay who wants the gorilla movie you know right. and stuff like that. And and John Goodman is just great in that because at one point Yeah. He he gets threatened by the alliance and, and he loses it on him. He just loses it, and it's funny. He's wailing away with a baseball bat while he's going. I make garbage, <laughs> smashing up his own office. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. You come back here, and I'll just you know. I'll watch it just for Goodman. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it's 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 a it's a it's a secondary role, but he's he's just precious in it, and it's just it's so funny too because he does. He just sits there the. What can you do for me? You know how how much I can't afford you. And Trumbo's just like, well, um, how much did you pay for that movie over there? And he points to a movie, <laughs> and Goodman's partner is like signaling two thousand, and 
Goodman's like, 1200 <laughs> Well, then I'll write you a script for 1200 And so, and then he did, you know, just such a good job that it, he became their script fixer, and then he started pulling in the other writers, and soon they were, they were like, turning out tons of stuff for the King Brothers, and that alone was pretty funny. And then the whole Spartacus thing. Yes. Otta, I, I loved the fact that they brought the Kirk Douglas role yeah. in. And I like that guy, too. That yeah. was, that was He did a, a really good job of portraying yeah. Douglas. Yeah. It's funny, too, because I remember like some of his funniest bits, Frank Gorshin, when he was you know doing his mm-hmm. uh, impersonations and his impressions, he did a lot of like Bert Lancaster or Kirk Douglas stuff. So it was like, I'm watching this guy carefully because I want to see how he was going to do it and it was very measured it was very very nicely uh nicely controlled and i i really liked and respected that. and kirk douglas wasn't the only pivotal character but he was one of the he was probably the most well-known actor that really started to stand up to the studios and say otto preminger yeah was in this movie otto preminger as a director is the first one Right, and he even says, uh, kind of jokingly, "If you keep writing this badly, I'm going to put your name on it." And it was <laughs> things were going so well, so he's the first who actually said, "I'm doing a movie by Dalton Trumbo," but Spartacus was going to be the big one, yeah. Especially as uh, Kirk Douglas, I mean, apparently Hopper and Huack threatened him, and uh, a few yeah. other a few other things started applying pressure and. He was. He eventually just hit the note of "fuck you" and yeah, and announced it. And then Kennedy apparently just like, eh, it's a fine movie. I think it's going to be a hit. And that that was sort of like the death knell for the blacklist. And there was just no way that it was going to recover. So yeah. it, it was it was very interesting in that regard. And I, I really did enjoy the movie. Well, it's, I definitely recommend it's a it. it's a pretty decent slice of that history without being overtly dramatic i mean it's it is i mean it it's it's history as filtered through the lens of a drama piece but it's still relevant a lot of the things that are in the film are things that happened in reality you know obviously slightly exaggerated but uh but but yeah it's it's if you're at all interested in film history that's definitely a a film to watch and i'm glad you discovered it because uh I watched it and really liked it. I suddenly dawned on me. I was like, I never told anybody this movie yeah. is so good and so yeah, great because I just I don't always think about. I'm a huge fan of like film history, right? Yeah, you know the good and what? the bad. Since when? Yeah, I know, right? But the good and the bad, and I don't always think, oh, my friends would like this too because you know not all of them are into the deep dives into yeah i like movies about movie making i do like it so it's really funny too because a lot of people bitch about that hollywood loves to do movies about itself and it's like well you know who who else people like to watch movies about that like what's it's yeah there was a saying once it's like what's the easiest way to teach people history put it in a movie yeah you know And it, like I'd I'd rewatched uh, Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood again. Yes, and uh, you know enjoyed the hell out of that. So yeah, it's uh, they it, it's it was interesting. It was good. It was very good. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah, definitely watch it. I'm I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot yeah. when I watched. Well, it. Well, we'll discuss it again in like five years when yeah, Todd yeah. sees yeah, sure, it. Sure, sure. <laughs> 
Episode six hundred. You mean, you mean, I saw you mean ten years, right? Ten years, <clears throat> something like that. Sure. I, yeah, I rewatched uh, Boogie Nights not that long ago. Rewatched? Yeah. yeah. You've got so much to watch. What are you doing rewatching stuff? I love Boogie Nights. It's Boogie it's it's a Nights, it's a movie about the film industry. <laughs> I. It's it like it's. It's a movie about found families. It is yes. the Shazam of the porn industry. There you go. There you go. Shazam, <laughs> definitely. Dude, my favorite mo- moment in that movie is when they're going through the... the so many good moments. Well, it, it, it's yeah. the scene when they're editing. They do the final cut, and they're done with uh, what's going to be their their big movie, the the kind of buddy cop movie. Yes. And, and Burt Reynolds just leans back and goes... This is the finest movie we've ever made, and yeah. and just the way he said it, and he's in awe of himself and what yeah. they've all done, is just. Burt just, Reynolds is just, so good. Oh in that my movie. god! God dang it, he's so good, just amazing. The, the whole movie is incredible, but oh, that was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's a big week in the Minecraft. That's right, two broke geeks, Matt. Minecraft talk. Fast the fuck forward. Um, Minecraft, Minecraft, I still haven't watched Vlarg's new video, which, by the way, he changed his channel name from Houston Dungeon Master to to just Vlarg. I like that. that. Is that what happened? Because I can't find, I couldn't find the destruction of... The uh, only reason I knew is I was subscribed to it. Should be on Facebook. And it switched. On Facebook? On your channel. Yeah. Well, that's probably why then. I thought he uh, put it up. But uh, that's, if, in case you didn't know, this this was probably the most consequential week in all of Minecraft <laughs> for the Geek Shock server. Uh-huh. Um, because not only did we destroy Hobbiton this week because we were changing servers, uh, we had took the vote to start the fuck over. Oh, really? So oh, when my. we we uh, we had some issues with the first server we moved to. We saw that, and yeah. so. Now we have a brand new server, and everyone has decided to start over from scratch. So there is no Hobbiton anymore. The destruction oh. you saw in my video is goddamn permanent. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so a whole new world. Um, so everyone's gone off to their their home starting bases areas and lots of a few new rules, like no one can build so damn close to, no, to no, the city. No one. So, so like Pat and and... <laughs> And frankly, Vlarg had to go out. <laughs> but you can still build right next close to another uh, player. Right? You can absolutely. Oh, you well, can. Good. Yeah, yeah. You can build next to somebody. But I'll be neighbors. We're we're all wonderful neighbors. Yeah. And and it's wonderful because I've never seen so many people playing on the server at once. So this was definitely a good move. Uh, I, I will say that uh, I moved way the fuck out. <laughs> I, I i am in, why does that not surprise me <laughs> but my base in the last one i think was like about five to six hundred blocks away from town it was a ways i am 2600 blocks away oh, from town wow Ooh. yeah so I, I i wanted a place i go way the fuck out and do whatever i want and that way if i wanted to spread out i could and i, I think that was a good move however that means that getting back to town is a fucking chore wow so i have to but it's still in the early part of the game, so there no one's killed the Ender Dragon, so there's no wings yet. And oh dear! So everyone's just kind of building up their little basic base. I'm back in a hovel. Wait, back? I never left. I'm still in a hovel, and uh, they. I'm I'm not sure what to do videos on at the moment. So ah. I'm kind of like ah. balancing some things out uh, because there is no Hobbiton to really centralize. Right. I can't get there easily, and. 
and I'm kind of in the early game where it's like, I, I've got to raise cows so I can get some leather so I can make some books so I can create some bookcases so I can create an enchanting table. It's, it's that whole line of things. But you know what? Very therapeutic. Yeah. It's, it's that, I, I think it's that whole, this is what you have to do to go to the next step, to go to the next step, to go to the next step. And I think my brain who is starving for some sort of, um, stimulus, n- not, not, not control, not stimulus, but structure. Okay. <laughs> some kind of structure in my life. It's really working for me. I love it. Well, you had just started your, how to play Minecraft, the Torgo way. Right. So, this almost seems like a continuation because instead of pretending that you're starting from scratch, you are literally starting from scratch. And that's just it. I can't because I'm too far along in this one to be able oh. to do that at this oh, point. Oh, Todd. That didn't the, take long. The The first one uh, that I did, I, I'm keeping it up because I love the play between me and Mad Martrin in that video. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it weren't for that, I would have taken it down already because of the... Uh, video quality issues. Right. Uh, I, I'm I'm still wrestling with co- oh. video corruption. Oh dear. In fact, the uh, I recorded for the last video that I did, the destruction of Hobbiton, mm-hmm. uh, which I wanted to keep kind of big as a love letter to everyone that's playing, so they could kind of see and revisit that moment because right. it was fun for all of us. Right. I I recorded like an hour and twenty minutes of footage. Oh wow! For that for that thirty minute video. So there's a lot that I cut out, and some of it due to corruption. Sounds like filmmaking. <laughs> I recorded two hours of footage, used 10 minutes of it. Sure. So yeah, that, that's why it's so so hastily edited up, because I want to say, okay, these are the in- moments I think will be interesting to people. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so if you're interested in joining the Minecraft world, there's room for everyone. Everyone's kind of staking their own claim, and there's plenty of world out there to claim. So you don't have your wings to fly around anymore? No. No, you, we got to destroy the Ender Dragon. Then you got to go end busting and take out some of the end cities. And then that's where you get the uh, shulker boxes and you get the uh, the elytra wings. And then you got to have mend them up. You got to get the win- mending books, which are easy to come by. You can only get them by fishing or by trading with a villager. The goddamn thing is a very intricate game. Yeah. But it's fun. But it's, it is it's fun. fun to watch. And I got very excited because like my last base... I accidentally built over a abandoned mine shaft. Oh no. So in there I've got uh, spider spawners so I can make my XP farm again. And I turns out that I'm not that far away from a village so I can get the book thing started again. It's it's Kismet, baby. There you go. It's Kismet. What else hmm. you do, guys? Uh golly. Anything else? I think think we've covered it all. At least think, I think I think, think I have. Think. Uh, I, well, I tell you what, I will go back to one other thing that I did before, and there's kind of a follow-up to it. Remember that I talked about the game Maneater, the game where you play a shark, Shark Grand Theft yes. Auto? Uh, I eventually abandoned that game. What? I, I was having fun with it. It's a, it's, it is a fun, mindless game, but the game is broken. I haven't dealt with so many app crashes oh, no. in a game this much, and... The final straw when I was in a big boss fight with a massive great white shark uh, that I needed to defeat to continue on with the the game story progress. And at the last moment, game crashed right out. I said, fuck it. And I sent it back because I'm I'm not dealing with crashing in the middle of a boss battle. So what you're saying is the great white was going to chew you up? 
No, no. <laughs> now I was winning, and that, that, that if you if I was losing, fine, I'll start over. But no, I was I was I got through that part, and again, it was fun, but mindless fun. There wasn't a lot of point to it. It was a great little stress reliever kind of a game. So if if they can work out these bugs over time, I actually kind of recommend the game to people. But man, it's still broken, and and, and Dead Island. Uh, who's by the same company, yeah. was also a broken game, much in this same right. way. I remember Dead Island was pretty bad. It's, I it's, you, it's, you a, were it's a fun game, it. but you, you get angry because bullshit happens in that. Just bugs, bugs, bugs. There's nothing worse. I mean, even if it's a game that's not like extraordinarily buggy, but when a game crashes or freezes when you're in a boss battle... Because I this has happened to me more than once where you you're you're like right at the cusp of defeating it and you might have faced this this boss like two or three times and you're like yes I'm finally gonna beat him and the screen freezes and you're like okay it's it's okay it's gonna start over again it's it's gonna it's it's gonna continue in a second the you know the CPU's just got to run through a few cycles it'll be fine and then ten minutes later it's still frozen and you're like I have no choice but to reset the system and then you do and you're like fuck i gotta start all over again it's so goddamn aggravating but you know what it's better now in that right that it's ever been yes we don't get the game crashes like we used to in the old xbox days and the old Old xbox playstation 2 yeah and old pc gaming days that they're getting better with the bugs and part of that's due to the thing that annoys a lot of people patches yeah it's it's those patches that makes make the game more stable. So it's, they, it's, they're frustrating, but yeah. I appreciate them. Yeah, patches are both good and bad. I mean, you know, it's frustrating that they have to keep releasing things to fix things, but at the same time, at least they're still addressing the issues and not putting out a broken game and going, well, it's it's all yours, and you know, it's never gonna ever be fixed. You know, because yeah. a lot of oh I mean, yeah, I, there's a lot of publishers that could easily do that. Yep. Yeah. So. But these days, count your, count your blessings while you still have them. Yeah. Because if they increase the prices to $70 and don't fix things, we're fucked. Save the 90s. Yeah. We ain't dealing with cartridges. Um, so Gamefly actually sent me a new game for once oh, yeah. on my list, like the, the newest one. So I have started playing Ghosts of Tsushima. Ah. Open world samurai game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say it probably after about seven hours of play. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent game. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of in the vein of Assassin's Creed in style. Uh, but I'd, I'd say a little better than most Assassin's Creeds. Um, <laughs> I will say the story is probably one of the more compelling open world game stories I've seen in a good while. Mm. And, and, you f- and you do feel a sense of growth toward something instead of you're going to do some side quests just for something to do. Gotcha. Uh, it's the, the Mongols have invaded and they basically wiped out all the samurai, but you, you're the, you're the, it's, it's, it's very, it's very Kurosawa. Where you have the, the lone samurai out for justice kind of thing. And uh, the Mongols are making a, a fantastic enemy in the way that they're, they're written. And so, so I mean, I've, can't give it a review as of yet, but so far I'm having a really, really good time with it. What platform? Uh, it's a PS4 exclusive. It's a Sony game. Mm-hmm. PS4. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> P- 
PS4. Okay. Yeah. It's so it, it's if you have a PlayStation uh, and you like open world games, uh, yeah, it's one of the better ones. Probably one of the best ones I've played. Isn't PS5 since, coming out soon though? Yeah. Well, hey, why I don't. The uh, backwards compatibility. Oh. So they're yeah. not. It's not like on some of the previous generations right. where like they're they're worried about people ditching their PS4s because, you know, there will be essentially the same core game with enhancements for the new generation of consoles. Xbox is doing the same thing, essentially. I see. I tell you what, Sony's been knocking it out of the goddamn park with their in-home game development. Yeah. I mean, this, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Uh, the, Spider-Man. The, the new Horizon Great. Zero Dawn, uh, or the Horizon, uh, shoot, what's it called? I, the I, new version of the game that's yeah, coming out yeah. with the PS5. Horizon inserts yeah. uh, somewhat nebulous but dark-sounding phrase here. Yeah. Um, I liked Zero Dawn a lot. I'm looking forward to the the new one. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah Sony. That being I love exclusive. it because everything I've been everything I've been reading, Ghost of Tsushima looks interesting to me. It's and it's beautiful. It is so that's what beautiful. I'm hearing, yeah, my God. Yeah, but I'm just like I got to be careful with my purchases now. Of course, so, don't so we I'm all? Sort of, yeah, yeah, we're all there. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm just sort of like measuring what I could possibly do. but yeah, I can't afford a new game, but I can afford enough for Gamefly every month. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, I appreciate your Gamefly. Yeah. Uh, and I, I did watch the uh, Xbox game game event this last week as well. Um, I, I know there's a lot of Halo fans out there, but yeah. f- fuck Halo. I'm so tired of that, Halo. You know, it's funny that I, I watched it with the Jim Sterling watch along. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, I should have done that. It's so goddamn funny because uh, literally the Halo part was the only part of the whole thing I was interested in, but I still watched it all because of his commentary because he was watching it, I guess, pre-recorded, not live, but but in in real time and making the commentary as he went. So it was it was it was it's worth a watch. It's I, really funny. I'm not going to lie. There's some games in there that really, really piqued my interest. Yeah. Not Halo, but there's some in there that I, I'm really intrigued by the one about the the honey, I, I, I shrunk the family kind of thing where they, you're basically yeah. tweens that have shrunk down in your backyard trying to get back home. That's, fight, that's fighting, the one that interested you? That really interested me huh. because it's uh, obviously a survival game on, on well, top of yeah. this, and I love survival yeah, that's games. That's true. You do. Uh, so that really caught my eye, uh, and... I did notice when they did show the Warhammer 40K yeah. uh, trailer that it I was... I forgot about that one. It was a world premiere and not an exclusive, so I got a feeling that's coming to PS4 anyway, and PS5 anyway. So the Warhammer game, even though they showed it in the Xbox thing, I don't believe that's an exclusive. I did like what Sterling kept pointing out. It's like... It's like this whole thing they haven't shown. They said there was going to be more gameplay footage. The only oh, game, no. the only no, no. gameplay footage was the Halo one. He's like, he's like, no, there's no gameplay footage. Why is there no gameplay footage? Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. I, I wanted to see more from that rare game too. Yeah. I have no idea what that game is. The art style's neat. Yeah. Uh, a very, uh, very druidy. Yeah. It's a very druid-esque game without. Didn't look like much in the way of violence to it, so it's a very exploration-based game, from my understanding. So that's kind of piqued my interest to it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, nothing nothing really exploded out of that thing now, for me. That that was I think that was even one of the things Sterling pointed out was like he's just like it's 
He's like, they need to really get better about their first party pushes or even, you know, that was- exclusives because he's like, there's nothing here that makes you say, I want to go out and buy an Xbox for this just so I can play this game. And that was kind of a weird thing, a, a quote that when I was looking at news that I can't even remember because I didn't think this was news. I didn't put it in the show. Uh, I think it was Phil Spector, but I'm not sure. Uh, Phil Spector, the head of Xbox. Spencer? That's what I said. And <laughs> I, I was like, wow, there have been some changes <laughs> yeah, since I last right. bought a console. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the mistake you want to make. <laughs> Xbox is ball of sound. Um, <laughs> was it Pacino that played him in that HBO movie? Oh, dear it's actually, God. It's, it's an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting take on that Phil Spector yeah. story. Good lord! Not not Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox. <laughs> Phil Spencer. Uh, okay. <laughs> Phil Spencer. Yes. Uh, strike that. Reverse. Um, he he said something along the lines as, uh, "We shouldn't even. We're we're so far along in our the console stage as a business." that we really don't even need to really ha- deal with exclusives anymore. And I'm like, that's kind of a weird thing to say from Xbox. That sounds like a PR thing to ex- explain why they don't have yeah. any any really must-have exclusives. Maybe so. And and, and after what you are saying with the vi- about the video and watching it, yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I'll probably end up buying both consoles at some point depending on how this whole Xbox fiasco goes with the or the, the Xbox Live essentially being done. Yeah, that, that pretty much made my decision. Not that I was really on the fence it was going to be a PS5 over an Xbox. Yeah. But I boy, probably, but that decision of, of taking away the, the gold and making you go with the more expensive... Yeah. I mean, I'll probably end up getting both consoles, but at the same time, it's like, which one do I buy first? Because... What games do I want to play first? And right now, it's definitely the PS5 is in the lead because they've got the new Spider-Man game that's coming up. That's the Miles exclusive. Morales one. Yep. Yes. That looks, it looks really good. And I really enjoyed the uh, uh, the one that came out recent, well, last year. Yeah. Phenomenal uh, game. That was so Best good. Best Spider-Man ga- yeah. game ever made. And then the Horizon uh, Zero Dawn follow-up. So I'm, those, those are two that are making me go, okay, well... There's at least two games that I know I want to play that are going to be exclusive to, I don't want to say PS5, but to PlayStation because it's going to be available for the, the 4 and the 5. Just yeah. It'll be better on the 5. And so it's just like... But then again, we're already halfway through the year and you know things the way they are, I don't know if I'm going to be able right. to buy those consoles same here yeah i might have to it it might be next year that's yep that's how it how it is right now and and not like early next year it might be christmas next year yes you're right (laughs) you are right you're absolutely Uh, right but ghost of tsushima definitely sounds like a uh gorgeous game i would buy the game and it's been nothing but fun thus far i would buy the platform to get the game so if there's no ghost of tsushima on playstation 5 then when PlayStation 5 comes out, I can wait for the price drop. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, by that time, it'll be 30 bucks. You'll be great. There you yeah. go. Well, and I, that's, that's the other thing. I mean, the just... platform. Yes. I, I'm I sure... I PS4. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 30 sure... 30 PS4. <laughs> I'm sure all of our listeners know this by now, but just as a reminder to everyone, unless you're an early adopter and you just really have to have the console on launch, wait three, four, six months. Yeah. 
because that price that inevitable price drop will happen and you know whether it's fifty dollars whether it's a hundred dollars that's that's one or two games you can add in or and the bundles the bundles pop up right after and i mean i i stopped buying launch consoles and and face it the launch games compared to what you're going to get six months to a year from then right yeah you look back at those launch games and go oh wow yeah that's that wasn't the best game ever and and (laughs) and with backward compatibility it's not as bad yes but at the same time it's like why buy the new console when there's only two or three games you can take full advantage of that console you can ride out your older system for another yeah four to six months and yeah i don't even know what's going on with my xbox their um their whole uh um like youtube can take a I'm, I'm, I play YouTube almost always off of my phone now. Okay. Uh, because place, the 360 is, is done. That's yeah. not supported at all anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's, and that's strange because I mean, the PS3 is still supported. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I mean, the PS3, and, and it's weird that they're still supporting the PS3 because it's notoriously difficult to program for. I mean, they've made strides in, in reducing that difficulty, but the PS3 is not an yeah. easy console. It's... The the PS4 they said was you know even as complex as the um, the hardware is it's because it's a classic x86 style processor they said it's far easier to program for and and, and then also they said it's easier to if you're doing a, a third party game that's going to be on both consoles you can write the core game and then using the tools that that Sony and Microsoft give you you can easily port that game to the one or the other console because the core processor and the memory and everything is very similar. So. And and it's funny because if they had supported, continued supporting the 360, that yeah. would sort of motivate me to maybe continue with Xbox. Sure. Yeah. Although, to be perfectly honest, um, my whole reason for staying for Xbox was Call of Duty like zombies. I, I get it. And the latest, um, uh, Scott Schofield showed us like the latest uh, Call of Duty on um, on the uh, the newer Xbox, but we couldn't set up a game where we could all play. So we got to watch a bit of the game, but that was really all we could do, and we were just sort of like, eh, you know. Yeah. So at this point, um, you know, and uh, I don't know, is Fallout on PlayStation? So, so I can avoid Andy screen burning my 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 <laughs> new TV. It is uh, your it new is. TV's LCD. It's <laughs> it's it's much more resistant to screen burning. Oh well, don't 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 throw Andy a challenge, <laughs> Jeff. Not only that, but you'll be able to play PlayStation Four's. Uh, I'm sorry, Fallout Four. I can see it yeah, now. Andy's yeah. Andy's off in the New England area, going, hmm, challenge accepted. Yeah, really. <laughs> my God, dude, he he. It was really funny too. I remember. When he's like, ah, oh, well, I finally finished it. And I'm like, oh, you're all done? Yes. And I'm like, okay, good. And then, you know, like an- that night, I'd hear through the floor. <laughs> and the next day I come down and he's sitting there in the morning playing. And I'm like, I thought you were done. He's like, well, now I'm doing all the side quests I ignored. Uh, game keeps on giving, man. And it's just like, oh, geez, Louise. So that was my problem with Fallout is like, I would do all the side shit and not do the main story missions because in a lot of cases in in uh, in Fallout 4 and, and then in New Vegas, 
at least to me, the side quests seemed a lot more interesting than the main story missions. And then I think and that's then, what he said. And then just doing my own thing. And so I was like, I never really, I, I never finished either of those games because I was so caught up in doing all the other shit that I just, I didn't have any interest in moving the, the main storyline yeah. forward. I think I just love discovering all this everything. stuff. In fact, I think he even, I believe he even made noise about doing something over because he wanted to make some early choices different to, I don't know. That's a long just, road to haul. I was just like, oh my God, he's going to run my Xbox right into the ground and screen burning the TV <laughs> <clears throat> and just four in the morning and hearing the floor. The Fallout 4 is bigger. Uh, and you and you can get not only Fallout 4, but all the download stuff now for like 15 bucks when it goes on sale. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm going to have to do a parental lockout. <laughs> that was my favorite thing was just exploring, like finding, yeah. finding, you know, you know, something that hadn't, you know, you know, you're in a cave and suddenly you're like, you discovered a new vault or, you know, you're wandering around and you find an old abandoned town or yes. it's just all of that stuff was what I found. Go most, see that new thing on the horizon. Yeah. That's what that game's all about. It's like, oh, this area has on my map hasn't been explored. I wonder what's out here. It, you know, until the the was it the uh, the death claws? No oh, fuckers! The, those instant kill bastards. Where yeah. they, you run across one and you you try to run, but there's no there's no hope. That's one thing I liked about Fallout Four and its main story uh-huh. is it introduced you to the death claw real quick. Saying, oh yeah, saying here's a death claw, take it on. And you don't want to run into this fucker anymore, do you? All right, now you know where to stay out of. <laughs> God, that, that that first time I ran into one, I was just like, just wandering along, and I found like some abandoned radio uh, radio transmission station or whatever. I went in, I explored it, and I came back out, and I was like, what is that thing on the horizon over there? And then it's like, it starts running at me, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I was like, what is a death cloth? Swipe, swipe, dead. I'm oh, like, that's what it is. Oh. The game's educational. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's get through some news, all right? I, uh, how about we'll start with some news you don't give a shit about? I'll bet I do. In a way, I think you will. Oh, okay. And I, and I think, in a way, I think we all will. I think this is news that we know is coming mm-hmm. in general for, like, all of mankind. Okay. I just don't think we want it to start here. Oh. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Fast food chain KFC is partnering with Russian startup 3D bioprinting solutions to print chicken nuggets layer by layer by utilizing chicken cells oh, yeah. and plant-based material as ingredients. I've heard about this. 3D printing of food and yeah. creation of food from, from a molecular level. Yes, I, I realize yeah. that is our future. It's, I don't think yeah. I want KFC to kick this shit off. Well. It's, it's not a new thing. It's been around for yes. a while, but it's it's not really been, I guess, commercially available. Yes, they've, they've, There's been companies that have been working on uh, machines that will be commercially viable, sure. but, but aren't well, ready And the yet. hamburger made from poop, right? Right, poop burger. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called, right? Poop burger? Yeah. You can get it at Vons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I have more thoughts. I'm going to finish the story. Oh, okay, then, yeah, then, yeah. then we'll do the thoughts. Um, the restaurant chain that served their first drumstick in 1952 hopes to cook up the planet's first laboratory-produced chicken nuggets. Uh, they won't exactly be vegetarian, as the recipe calls for chicken DNA. Uh, the Russian company has plans for serving them up in Moscow later this year on a trial basis. 
three that company's 3D bioprinting solutions, proprietary methods of digital production are expected to result in a new snack food item that should replicate the exact shape, taste, and texture of real chicken meat while being devoid of any live animal products. Uh, KFC is delivering uh, to its marketing partner the secret herbs and spices to maintain that KFC taste. Quote, At KFC, we are closely monitoring all of the latest trends and innovations and doing our best to keep up with the times by introducing advanced technologies to our restaurant networks, said uh, Raisa Polyakova, that's general manager of KFC Russia. Crafted meat products. I guess I should use uh, crafted meat product. There I'm not go. aware whether he's actually producing <laughs> Russian name correctly, <laughs> so I will just go with what he said. Yeah, maybe I should have you read this. Uh, <laughs> crafted meat product are the next step in development of our restaurant of the future concept. We are glad to contribute to its development and are working to make it available to thousands of people in Russia and, if possible, around the world. Unquote. Uh, I am all for science food. Yeah, I am for I am pro GMO. Gen- yeah. I, I realize that genetically modified food has fed more people on this planet than if we hadn't. Well, and people forget that we've been genetically modifying plants for centuries. Yes. It's not just a recent thing. Millennia. Yeah. So. Exactly, and and scientifically, if it mean, means more food for more people, I am all for it. Yeah, Russian KFC, however, yeah. is, that, that is, was... is not my not the not where I want the nuclear explosion that starts the star. That was the weird when I read that article on my own. That was like the, we, the whole weird part of it. It's like, wait, they're partnering up with a Russian company and they're going to only launch this in Russia. That's just kind of right, weird. Right. It, it, it seems like a, like a goddamn movie. It's like, it's the stuff. Because, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been following the biology and the, 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 the ugh, I can't talk now. <laughs> I know what I want to say. I can't say it. The tract of producing real food through means other than, you know, slaughtering animals. Food. Using bioreactors to create beef that's actual beef using one or two cells from a yes. from a live cow that you don't have to kill the cow same thing with chicken and and so forth and then this newer trend of the 3d printing of real food using base ingredients and base chemicals as well as base proteins to create a realistic steak or i should say somewhat realistic the one the one that i watched the video on youtube recently uh, where they pr- they three D printed a steak, it sort of looked like a steak. Like they it's they not they printed the muscle tissue, then they printed the fat and marble, and it and it it looked like a three D printed steak. It, okay. it, for lack of a better word, it, sure. it looked like it was did it not look, a real steak. Did it look better than a Salisbury steak? No. Okay. Uh, oh dear. But I mean, when they printed it, <laughs> That's it was the bar you got to beat, folks. <laughs> When they printed it, it was red and white, and then they cooked it up. And the you know the guy that they presented it to, they had the the control, and then the three D printed and had to compare the two. And it's it's real close, so they're getting there. Um, the three D printing, I don't know if is necessarily the only way to go with this. Uh, using a bioreactor to to essentially grow steaks 
Yes. I just like the word bioreactor. It's a great word. Yeah. I would play that game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So would Andy at like 4 a.m. That does seem to be the way they can actually grow like pieces of meat and then sell it to companies and, you know, they can shape it to do what they want. So, I mean, it's... Shape your meat. Who knows what the... I mean, shoot. I mean, everybody watched Star Trek The Next Generation with the replicators... You know, yeah, that was exactly that was creating food using the transporter technology out of base chemicals and materials. So. And we wouldn't have had the replicator without Russian KFC. That's true. To and kick it all, dude. Off. Capitalism and, is where it's going to. And and where is <laughs> you mean Russian capitalism? Well, where is capitalism unfettered and wild west? You know, it's just That's sort of true. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, it it it, Dep- it depending, makes a horrible sense. Well, depending, depending on, on who you are in Russia, depending yeah. on Putin's yeah. cut, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he's getting his whether cut. whether you're you're Putin friendly or not. Yeah, Putin friendly food, <laughs> GMO, PFF. So it depends on whether you're BFFs with Putin yeah. or, uh, you know, it's so. like, oh, I don't like this guy. He cannot <clears throat> have money. Yeah. Well, if they're hoping to Take test it in it. Moscow, I'm going to say they're Putin-friendly. Probably. Probably so. Probably the company that's partnered up with is either has some state-owned interest or the person is a personal friend of Putin. <laughs> PFPs. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. All, all, are you... Are you are you friends with P? Friends with P. Are you oh friends God, with that P? song. Friends with me. Then you're friends with me. <laughs> God, that fucking song. Russian KFC is made of dissidents. <laughs> get Charlton Heston screaming as they drag him out of an Orthodox cathedral. It's dissidents. It's dissidents. It's, it's dissidents. <laughs> Weekend geek. Yay! <laughs> I just love his face when he does that. So it's people. It's people. You know, it's so funny too because like, talk about over the top. We, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe twenty twenty has just done such a number on us. But I just don't see people getting that worked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's made like, of people. Oh, it's made of people. Uh, yeah. Well, did they uh, sign a waiver? I can see it now. <laughs> it, it'll. It won't even be that, Kirsten. Yes, oh it'll. It'll be a Facebook put. A p- Facebook post. It'll say Soylent Green is people. Period. Meh. Period. <laughs> that's exactly. that's that's what it would be in 2020. Be, you know, I is, mean, is is there sauce? Yeah, really. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, how's it prepared? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, I'm telling you, it's just I just does I it just, taste like steak? Because you it? think about it, yeah, the whole overwrought. He's reaching out with the yeah. bloody hand. Blah! You know, people are dying, and priests are going bananas and shit, and. And now I just don't see people <laughs> caring. It's like that or the um, uh, to serve man. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's a cookbook. A cookbook. <laughs> I, I actually, it was funny. Uh, Vernon and I were doing watch someone die inside videos, which it's a real. That sounds dark. <laughs> well, it's a real hit or miss yeah. type of. Well, no. Th- th- this <laughs> you're you're going to have to explain this, that. This is the sort of thing like, uh, to give you an example. Like their which soul, I haven't been. Their soul dies or they physically die? Their okay. soul dies. Okay. Like, like, okay. Like <laughs> okay. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder playing keyboard 
at like a music store or something. And and when he finishes, everyone collapses. And this one white dude standing right by the keyboard is like, God dang, that was so good. And he holds out his hand, shake his hand. And, and Wonder doesn't even notice. And then the guy's like putting his hand down. And it's the, the crowd okay. is so pressed in, he can't escape. Well, I, I, I had see, to rewire my brain <laughs> yeah. to completely accept what was happening. God, you guys. So they literal. watch people die inside. So literal. I'm like, no, die it's inside. 2020. Why not? <laughs> I'm like, die inside what? Like a container or their house? <laughs> oh, my God. And I, then I, I was like, oh, that'd be great. People inside. die inside a crashing airplane. I was thinking like, oh, they're looking at medical things and just watching hearts stop. And yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but the, he didn't understand because they showed this this food um, activist dude who does this TV show talking about food and stuff, and he showed a bunch of eight-year-olds how chicken nuggets are made, the pink goo, and he showed him the pink goo, and then the sure. the whole process of making them. And after all that, he's like, "How many would have this?" And all the kids raise their hand, and he's like staring at them, I guess. <laughs> and Vernon's just like, "I don't, I don't get it. I don't." And I'm like, "No, no, no. This guy, he's he's trying to educate the kids, and he ma- wants them to hate chicken nuggets." And it's like when you think about it, the guy's a total idiot. Yeah. Because you show kids how they make chicken nuggets from pink goo. Yeah. Kids are gonna think that's neat. That's magic. That's cool. Oh wow. And this idiot was just like thinking he was gonna revolutionize things. <laughs> and it just sort of it just you know, now it's just who the f- who's gonna care? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just don't not know. Not to mention that whole pink goo thing's been Debunked. Well, repeatedly. you know, it's just. I mean, in fact, it, Grant Imahara did a great video with Tyson. Uh, granted, it was for McDonald's, but they walked him through the whole process of making chicken nuggets, and it was it was actually, you know, as a former McDonald's employee, it was fascinating because mm. I mean, I'd always assumed it was just you know they grind it all up, put it in a press, and then bread it, stamp and out some molds, and yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no. It's it's a it's a it's a pretty complicated process, but. But not as, I guess, simple as I thought it was. You know, yeah. it wasn't. It's it's not a simple food. I guess <laughs> you look like you want to say oh. something, Todd. Oh, I kind of want sorry. some chicken nuggets right now. <laughs> I know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Get some that pink sounds, goo. Sounds really good with some sweet and sour sauce. Wow. Put it on a fondue stick. A fondue him, stick. I knocked him in the head with my foot. God damn that it. That was nice of you, Jeff. Stop beating the yeah, cat. Damn it. He You're got, always he beating got right off underneath the cat. me and I didn't know he beating was there. Beating the kitty. Yeah. <laughs> nope, not following that. What? No? Nope. Okay, that's right. Nope. No, Too seemed, easy. He seems to be okay with it now because he wants to be petted. He's so. okay. Dude, I one time in the middle of the night, total dark. He was next to me, and I just like reached out to scratch him, and I poked him right in the eye. Oh no! And he didn't. He didn't even. The funniest one time is I'm making the bed, and he gets underneath the sheet, and oh, he's yes. just doing cat things. And at one point, he gets to the edge of the bed, and he jumps, but he was on the wrong side of the bed, so he jumps, and I hear this little thump because he he jumped into the wall. Oh no! <laughs> but fortunately, he didn't hurt himself. But it was just hilarious to hear this. Thump. <laughs> like he was annoyed. What is with Kit. cats and wanting to be around the bed sheets when it's the Dude, bed sheets? Dude, I want to be insane. under the bed sheets when you're flipping that shit up. You kidding me? I, I have seen so many videos, <laughs> and every cat I owner I have ever talked to says, it's like, I have to lock the cat up when I'm making the yeah. bed, or it just, he, 
gets under the sheet and then you push him out and then you put the sheet down Jeff, and then he wants to jump don't the you other remember side. in in grade school we're, we're, we're talking like second grade where in pe they would bring up that big parachute thing and they put in the and you whip up the parachute and everyone gets under it and it just sort of slowly falls down upon you yeah. that's life for a cat <laughs> <laughs> that's the cat life that's it. Hashtag cat life. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Oh, man. Get a little thug life hat and put there it on him. There you go. <laughs> ah, let's see. We can geek. We uh, can geek. You know, even Woo-hoo. though a Comic-Con happened, not a lot of announcements at Comic-Con. Wow. Really? I was, I was a little... That, that's one thing I was a little disappointed in. You mean in. like was, the whole online thing is just not the way to do it? <laughs> they had to do what they had to do. I appreciate what yes. they did. It was very nice. Uh, but... I, I mean, I, I got to, to see panels fair, without paying. To oh, be sorry. fair, Comic-Con over the years has become less about announcements right? Yeah. and more about a celebration of things you already enjoy. It's it's more about, we've got it, we got a second season, we're going into our third season, here's what to be excited <laughs> about in the third season. Yeah, a lot of companies are doing their own announcements either prior to or sometimes during the con, but at a separate event. Or they'll wait till the con is over, till all the excitements die down, and then they make their announcements. Sure, and and, and you got to admit, it is much more exciting to have the announcement of a new Marvel movie at the end of a big Hall H yes. con moment. That's that's the Comic Con moment. You can't do that digitally online. No, it's not going to have the same impact. So yes, yes, save it, Russ. Especially when. There's very few things announced because they're having to put everything on hold to put right. out the stuff they've already made. Yeah, all the stuff that they have no idea when they're either going to yeah. be able to go back into production or even start production right. on. We, we're, we're waiting on the next Black Widow movie. It's, yep. it's done. Yeah. We're just waiting for the release and for it to be safe to watch. Yeah. But... The 2020 Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards did happen. That celebrates the great achievements in the last year in comic books. Uh, They were presented this week, hosted at Comic-Con International uh, at home. Among the big winners were uh, Mariko Tamaki, who took home the Best Writer honors for her work on Archie, Harley Quinn, and Breaking Glass, and the graphic novel Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me, which is a great title for a graphic novel. I would read the hell out of that. Uh, for which she also shared the Best Publication for Teens Award with artist Rosemary Valera O'Connell, who also took home Best Penciler and Inkler. Inkler Jesus. <laughs> Henry Inkler. Um, the Best Penciler and Inker honor. Uh, Invisible Kingdom, the sci-fi series from writer G. Willow. And Wilson. I'm going, Inker honor? I hardly even know her. <laughs> Inkler. Inker, your honor. Inkler. Dinner in a show first. <laughs> Invisible Kingdom, the sci-fi series from writer G. Willow Wilson and artist Christian Ward, also had a big night taking home Best New Series and Best Painter-slash-Digital Artist for Ward. Best Continuing Series went to the acclaimed Image Comics fantasy title Bitter Root, while Best Limited Series went to Little Bird. Graphic novelist icon Taina Telgemeier also had a big night, taking home award for Best Writer Slash Artist, Best Publication for Kids, uh, as for Guts. Uh, I'm not familiar with Guts, but good on you. As did the legendary, the complete Grass Cutter Artist Select. Uh, no, that's not it. As did the legendary, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I missed a whole line. <laughs> And Jeff and I are just like, uh, did they sign a waiver? To be fair, the complete grass cutter artist select is all capitalized. Um, 
so as did the legendary Us- Usagi Yojimbo creator Stan Sakai, who won the best lettering and best archival collection project for the complete Grass Cutter Artist Select. Sakai was also honored for the Eisners as one of the voters' choice inductees for this year, the class of Will Eisner Hall of Fame, alongside Louise Simonson, uh, Allison Bechtel, Howard Cruz, Don and Maggie Thompson, and Bill Watterson. This year's Bob Clampett Humanitarian Award winners include the Hero Initiative, Creators for Comics, and the Comic Book United Fund. And if you want to watch it, the Eisner Ceremony is available on YouTube. So, yay! Good job, Eisner winners. You've given me some more things I need to read. Speaking of needing to read, we are voting (laughs) on the uh, graphic novel for the Geek Shock Book Club currently. So if you go to the book club page on Facebook, you can vote there. Uh, I would read any of the suggestions made on these nominations set. So good job on the noms. Uh, but uh, that poll will be closing in a couple days. Uh, discussions are still open for Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. Mystery Science Theater 3000 creator Joel Hodgson and former MST3K, former MST3K, uh, Jesus Christ. It's not even an hour and a half. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Joel Hodgson and former MST3K cast members Bill Corbett, he played the second Crow, and J. Elvis Weinstein, the original Tom Servo, number one, are raising money for a good cause. And thanks to the MST3K fans, they nearly met their goal before the fundraiser officially planned announcement. The fundraiser, meant to solicit donations for the Minneapolis-based Native American Youth Organization, or uh, MGEZI, which saw its main facility burned during the anti-racism protests earlier in the summer, uh, totaled $17,811 at the time of Comic-Con. That means that it met one of its goals. Reaching $10,000 gets Hodgson, Corbett, and Weinstein to team up for, quote, a busy day in the country fair short film roast, while almost reaching that 20K mark, which earns another full short riff before the panel even began. Quote, Minneapolis is a place where it all started, Hodgson said, and is going to be the place where everything gets renewed as well, unquote. Donors will get early access to the shorts, which will eventually live on the show's website. The franchise has seen infrequent updates from its originators. These include different one-off specials, live shows, uh, though after the Netflix version ended, no new plans have been announced for any MST3K return. Uh, Last time I checked it, which was last night, uh, they were short $5,000 from $40,000K raised. So... Yeah, and it's a month-long raising thing, so they're going to hit it. Yeah. There's no doubt Sounds in my like mind. It. So that means we're going to get some Joel Hodgson, Elvis Weinstein with Corbett, MST3K shorts. I, I love Joel as Joel Robinson. Right. He's my first Bond. And uh, J. Elvis Weinstein, I love him. He's a, a Simpsons writer. Uh-huh. He left yeah, yeah. Mystery Science Theater to write for The Simpsons. Uh when you're familiar with the Tom Servos that we had, mm-hmm. J. Elvis Weinstein's Tom Servo is completely different. And just, it strikes you as, what? Yeah. I, I think I think it was described as a a, a tweaked uh, P.B. Herman. Okay. Is a description. Uh, but I like J. J. Elvis Weinstein. He's very funny. And uh, there's a reason why Simpsons hired him. And, and uh, Joel and Bill Corbett never actually worked together as... 
performers on the show. That, Not they, on the they show. They have worked since yeah. together. Live shows several times. and so yes. on. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, so yay, more Mystery Science yeah. Theater, especially since it's being from this fundraiser. So everybody who's donated or who plans to donate, uh, thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Cool. Uh, a little sad note, of course, John Saxon. We lost him this week, mm, the age yeah. of 83. Horror fans best remember him from his trio of turns in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, uh, 1987's original, uh, sorry, the original 84 Elm Street, 87's Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and Craven's New Nightmare in 94. His other horror credits include the first version of Black Christmas back in 1974 and Rod Serling's Night Gallery series. While the sci-fi resume includes the movies Queen of Blood and Battle Beyond the Stars, hell yeah, as well as the TV movies Planet Earth, uh, it's a pilot f- that was being developed by Gene Roddenberry for a series, yep. and Strange New World. Uh, action fans remember Saxon as the gambler Roper in the 1973 martial arts classic Enter the Dragon opposite Bruce Lee. That guy's got an enormous IMDb page. I oh. mean, like, literally, it just keeps going uh, between his TV credits, film credits, etc. He's, you know, consummate 70s and 80s actor. People who get into film acting, yes, yeah. of course, you want to be the, the Brad Pitts and the Richard Gears of the world, without a doubt. Uh, but what you really want as a working actor is John Saxon's career. Yeah. yeah. That is that is it. I, yeah. I remember talking to an actor one time, like, you know, it's like, well, do you want to be like a lead role? It's like, everybody wants to be a lead role, but most of all, you want to be a working actor. Yes. And if yeah. you can, if yeah. you can find a way to keep working and keep working and, you know, have a steady employment, that's almost as good as being, you know, a lead in a film here and there. If you can make a career out of it yes. and not have to supplement it with, you know, a side job. And I was like, eh, I get you. I get your point. So it doesn't surprise me, yeah, that you have people like Saxon that, you know, having this amazing career, never never want for work and, uh, you know, eventually get recognized by name. Sure. And what a recognizable actor. He's yeah. one of those, like, Very oh, John distinct. Saxon's on yeah. the screen now. Yeah. Very distinct yeah. look. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I just... I just loved him. I just loved him. Six million dollar man. Yes. Bigfoot. Yep. He was one of the alien people. Hell yes. Yeah. Oh, that freaking episode. <laughs> Six million dollar man. <laughs> Having him run through the uh, the spinning tunnel. Yeah. That they used to have at Universal. Yeah. I saw that in a movie the other day. Uh, they had it stopped, but it was just somebody walking down the the tunnel and i was just like i know where that's at <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or i should say it's i know like, where that used to yeah, be yeah that was yeah. <laughs> now it's the fast and furious ride fuck you fast and furious ride you're terrible yeah. <laughs> oh man uh was it theme park history one of those did a whole thing on the, the i think they called it like the terrible history of the fast <laughs> and furious uh supercharged oh. and then they, they talked about the and then he's like i just can't do it uh Oh, it was yesteryear because he's just okay. like I was like I just can't. It's like it's such an awful, awful experience. And then like they go th- and they go through and show you all the behind the scenes stuff where they they filmed all the actors in, you know, a soundstage in front of a green screen, and then they composited it yes. with all this real footage of L.A. and stuff. But then when you see it. It's so goddamn cartoony. You can't believe that this was real footage. Yeah, like the, I mean, like the guy that hanging from the helicopter is yeah. not as big as the helicopter. Yes. It's just, oh. Everything's just off. I, you know, if it weren't part of the backlot tour at Universal Hollywood, 
I would skip it, which it's it's funny in in Universal Orlando, it's a separate thing. So you have to consciously yes. choose to go do Fast and Furious Supercharged if you want to do it in Orlando. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and, and apparently it's a popular ride and nobody well, knows why. It's a popular franchise. That's why people love those movies. But people that love the movies don't like the ride. They're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I, I think very few people ride that over and over again. Don't get me they wrong. They probably ride it once. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Every ride, no matter what the ride, has at least one person that loves it and will ride it forever. And that is true. Somebody is doing that on that ride. No doubt in my mind, but most people ride it once. You're you're right. And, and in Universal Studios uh, Hollywood, they just make you do it. You don't yeah. have a choice. You just you just end up in that part. Yeah, it's like the uh, the King Kong thing. It's like. The first time I went through it, I was like, wow, this is really cool. It's really innovative. You know, it's 3D and it's, you know, a full 360 immersion. But then, you know, subsequent going through, you're like, I really miss the giant animatronic King Kong. Yeah. It's there's a banana breath. It's it's neat, but there's no charm. Yeah. And there's and that thing oozed charm. Yeah. And it's it's sad, too, because, I mean, Peter Jackson had a hand in creating that experience. Oh, they did the best they could yeah, with it. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. No. They they wanted to push the envelope right. and do something technologically It's no better fast than furious. They, yeah, yeah. They, something better, you know, something that was different than anything they had ever done before. I mean, you try talk about putting a full 360 3D theater around a tram that has to drive into a building. That's, you know, they were like they thought they were crazy when that plan originally came out, but you know, it works. It's just it's yeah, like you said, there's just no charm to it. It's yeah. it's just it's just an experience. Universal Studios, just an experience. <laughs> theme park, theme park, theme park, theme park. <laughs> Edgar Wright is set to direct Supernatural Project Stage 13 for Amblin Entertainment. The company bought the big screen rights to Simon Rich's short story of the same name. Rich, a veteran of Saturday Night Live, is producing and writing the screenplay, with Wright also attached to develop and produce. Uh, the movie will follow the ghost of a dead silent film actress who haunts the backlot soundstage where she once worked. Her monotonous existence becomes livelier when she finds common ground with a struggling director. Together, they set out to make their cinematic mark on the world. Edgar Wright's next project is Last Night in Soho, a time-twisting psychological horror film set against the backdrop of London's fashion scene circa 1960s. Whatever. Edgar Wright's doing yeah. it. I'm on board. You, yeah. you, you, Ed, Ed, Edgar Wright eats a salami sandwich. Sure, he's going to make it interesting. <laughs> uh, he's Yeah, he puts together some amazing projects. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. I didn't know anything about it prior to this, but it sounds, sounds fun. This next story gives me hope. It might be misplaced hope. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want things that I probably can't have. It's hard not to be so cynical in 2020. Yes. <laughs> Did they sign a waiver? <laughs> <laughs> or an NDA? <laughs> Jesus. But this people. week, G4, the long-defunct cable network for video games and pop culture, pulsed back to life this week on Instagram and Twitter. They rebooted? Hey, uh, not yet. Oh. We're still figuring it out. With oh. a mysterious video splashing a 2021 date against a game of Pong on an old school black and white television, accompanied by the message that reads, we never stopped playing. 
if you're not familiar, G4, the former home of gaming mainstays like Attack of the Show and X-Play, shut down the cable channel in late 2014. Yeah, unceremoniously so. It was just like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're changing everything. We're, we're now going to sell menswear. Um, fans remember G4 as a TV pioneer for bringing video game news into the pop culture mainstream. Attack of the Show updated its Facebook page which had been largely dormant since 2011, uh, complete with stylized version of its blocky old-school logo, along with the same video teaser that G4 shared elsewhere. It's unknown what all this means, but some of us remain hopeful. I I don't remember if it was Allison Hayslip or Kevin Pereira, but somebody had posted on Twitter, uh, had retweeted that video, that you were talking about in the article there. And their comment was, I'm surprised that somebody remembered the, the Twitter password. That <laughs> 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 uh, had me laughing. Uh, I, I loved G4 at the time, especially yeah. those two shows. I record and watch them religiously. Uh, they This was pre-YouTube. Yeah. I mean, YouTube existed, but not to the extent it does now. And this was... On television, actual video game reviews and yeah. pop culture stuff with Attack of the Show. When they that, had fail videos before fail videos was a thing. Yeah. Was was that what did it? Was it YouTube or um, or what? Because my my original thought they, was they were maybe, bought. Yeah. Oh, okay. they were bought by because um, I think Zenimax had them. Yeah, they well, yeah, they were their own company because they were they started as Tech TV and then or was it emerging between Tech TV and G4? I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure i'm remembering this correctly but um they were bought by the same company that owned e entertainment television which was then if i remember correctly bought by comcast universal and the new management change wanted to make it more entertainment based uh they started letting people go left and right um some some hosts left on their own accord, like like uh, uh, own accord. Uh, Kevin Pereira left uh, Attack of the Show right before the show shut down. I think the show shut down like two months after he left, something like that. Um, and then the whole channel basically was defunct later on. Uh, yeah, they I wanted remember, to move uh, it more toward like yeah. a, a Spike TV kind of thing. I remember um, Adam, uh, what's his name that was on X Play? Uh, Adam Sessler. Sessler. Was let let go unceremoniously, yeah. like like literally like the day before, and that's kind of when I was out. Yeah, when when that happened. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? And yeah. then I'm like, you know, I don't like where this is going. Fuck it. Then he wasn't happy, but if I remember, he didn't really like, you know, he was like, you know, it was a good run while it lasted, etc. He wasn't disparaging about the management shakeup, but yeah, it literally came down to management change, um, company changing them trying to change the direction of it. And yeah, they, they, they kept trying to put all these, you know, classic TV shows on, like you said, like on spike TV and made it more about that. And then they started squeezing out all their original programming. So it literally became yet another station that was showing, I mean, for a while they were showing classic star Trek, which was cool, but then that went away and it was just all these, these older obscure television shows. I think A Team was the only one that I remember that they were showing that was like one that I remembered vividly. Yeah. Anyway, but in its heyday, yeah. it was great. Yeah, it was it was fantastic, and it was it was literally the only place that you could go to for a game review, sure, or or a, a game walkthrough where they're showing you 
actual gameplay footage. Like the actual host is playing the game and saying, okay, this is what I'm coming across, you know, whether anybody's have issues. And then they, they had PC talk, you know. Like people, tech talk. Yeah. Talking about, you know, repairing your PC and, you know, things that you can do on your own as a novice PC, you know, repair. You know, if you're just trying to fix your own computer at home without having to spend thousands of dollars. It was the only station you could go to for that stuff. If you look at the YouTube channels that were created by IGN, Games Radar, mm-hmm. they owe a lot to oh, yeah. how it was structured at G4. Those show, In fact, they kind of took over when it, when G4 ended. That's when Giant Bomb and yeah started to to rise as IGN and GameSpot. Well, like I said, I'm 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 with you. I'm like I want I want it to happen. Sure, <laughs> and I want it to happen if it's done well. That's just it. When it when it when it comes back, is like well, you're you're coming back where everyone else has been doing what you did. Yeah. So you're you're coming back if you're not coming back with the same names. And just the same right ideas, because because a lot of it was cult of personality stuff. Yeah, because I I enjoyed X play, but I mostly liked it because of the two hosts. Yeah, same with Attack of the Show. I liked it because of the hosts that they had. They were entertaining too. Well, watch. Adam Sessler was he was knowledgeable but entertaining too. When he especially when he disliked something, yeah, it was it was you know that that kind of. Uh, I got to review this, so well, I'm gonna give it a one out of five. <laughs> you know, just yeah, the the personalities they had on that sh- on all the shows were just fantastic. Sure, and so when you bring back, say, X Play or Attack yeah. of the Show, and I assume they will because new fresh blood and sure, and we don't even know how it's coming back. It right. come back. It could come back as an online streaming channel on either another service or on its own it could be it could be a channel on twitch we we just don't know and that's what i assume i assume it'll be on a streaming thing that's but we don't know Uh, but it's it's nice to see the heart beating again yes just have to have patience so i'll enjoy it while i don't know what it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) enjoy the idea i'll enjoy the idea of it returning uh, Warner Brothers is looking to bring Ray Bradbury's work to film as they are developing a film version of The Halloween Tree with Will Dunn penning the script. Published in 1972, Bradbury's fantasy horror novel follows a group of young friends who traverse space and time to save their kidnapped friend from a demon on Halloween night. Along the way, the group learns the true meaning and cultural origins of the holiday. The book was previously turned into a 1993 animated TV movie produced by Hanna-Barbera. Bradbury adapted his own work, winning a Daytime Emmy, while also serving as narrator for the project. Uh, Star Trek's Leonard Nimoy provided the voice of Moundshroud for that. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see what's, uh, what they do with this. Uh, we read the book for the Geek Shock Book Club, and very, very charming. And it's, it's really neat. The, the story's kind of nebulous, yeah. but it does a really good job of talking about the origins of Halloween culturally. Uh, not only sure. not only in America, but kind of around the world. What what kind of fed into what we know now as Halloween, while telling this overarching story of rescuing a friend. It's it, it's a cleverly done educational book wrapped up in a Goonies like adventure. Hmm. And of course, my brain because the way it works. Since we've now mentioned Halloween and Universal Studios in the same cast. Uh, oh yes, the disappointment of. 
Halloween Horror Nights being canceled at both parks. First time in 30 years. Yep. So, I mean, it, it looked sense. like it was going to be inevitable. I mean, sure. Hollywood still hasn't reopened. I mean, yeah. I guess they're I guess they're starting to do some production again on the lot, but yeah. the actual theme park area well, is, we'll see what, is not what open lasts, yet. Too, yeah. Japan, Hong Kong, uh, some places that actually had a lid on things are experiencing a surge as they relax restrictions. Yeah, uh, never, never, ne- not to speak of you know Trump Town, but um, it's. Uh, it it's gonna suck for a while. Yeah, it is. At yeah. this point, I'm beginning to wonder what 2021 uh, is gonna be fucking like. Yeah, one of the the scary stats that I read the other day said that you know, if if trends continue the way they are, everybody's gonna have it or be exposed to it at some point in the near future. So it's like they're really trying to make sure these vaccines that they're working sure. on are well, that, are that, effective. Well, that's just it. You're you're waiting to. You're trying to keep the infections rate down as they're not only developing a vaccine, but how to treat it. They've already improved on how to treat it. Sure. uh, But they need to learn more as far as like even just long term. Yeah. Another person I know is in the hospital right now fighting for his life. He's on a ventilator and, you know, they, they moved it from, I guess, the extreme setting down to high. So that's some sign of improvement, but. You know, it's, yeah, I, you know, the, the number of people that I know that have it or have had it, it's, is increasing and it's, it's scary. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I got in a physical argument with a live argument, human being with a, uh, Trump or conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Yeah. Watch, watch where you get your plumbing, folks. They might send a plumber who's an absolute nut job. Um, Jesus. You can always ask them to leave and send you another one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I thought about it, but I'm like, it's, it's, it's a quick thing. He started running his mouth while working on your plumbing? Yes. Absolutely. Fucking hell. So I had to tell him that I've been certified as a contact tracer. I've been studying this stuff pretty strong. And uh, here's where you're wrong. And, oh, he didn't appreciate that. He probably didn't change his mind. Oh, of either. course not. Absolutely what? not. What? Uh, but but he did he did give the ultimate nugget that well when it comes down to it the only person I care about is me and my family and that's it. Yeah. I'm like that makes sense for yeah. everything yeah. you're telling me, mm-hmm. asshole. Yet still won't do anything to actually protect him and mm. his family. I had to tell him to mask up. He didn't yeah. like it, but yep. That, that's it's, probably what kicked it all off. You're, making wow. mask. Your home, your rules. Yep. Moving on from that. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, please. Uh, Universal Content Productions, a TV production arm of you and... We're going yeah. back to Universal, people. Yeah. NBC Universal's Content Studios division is entering the world of comic books through a newly created label called UCP Graphic. Huh. That's, that's a very clever, catchy name. Good job, <laughs> marketing. The new label takes aim at, quote, up-and-coming talent with a focus on original comic book stories that find their way to store shelves, both online and physical, through agreements with existing publishers. The first announced title, Proctor Valley Road, is a creation of Alex Child and Grant Morrison. Here's the log line via UCP. And not a song by Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> People, you, 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 called your, you called your company UCP. <laughs> UCP. So do I. Every day when I lift the toilet. Jesus Christ. And and it's 
Yeah, they that they're at least a ten year old company too, because I I remember their tag or their their little logo on a lot of things that have been on both cable and UCP graphic. That sounds R rated. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been to that website. But here's the description of Proctor Valley Road. You're right. It's like very... not a song by yes by Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> but it's in my <laughs> For hand you now. Younger kids, look at them. Yep. <laughs> Started singing that during the Minecraft stream. Um, <laughs> in the early summer of 1970, four teen girls living on the coastal town of Chula Vista, California, find themselves without their fathers for the first time in their lives, the men having been pulled away by the war in Vietnam. The girls decide to change, oh, sorry, t- girls decide to charge tourists and locals for nightly tours of the infamously haunted California highway known as Proctor Valley Road. But when the four high school boys, oh, not the, when four school, four, there's four, there's four <laughs> girls and four boys. Inkler. <laughs> but when four high school boys go missing on the tour, what kind of tour is this? The girls become the prime suspects, forcing them to find out what happened in order to prove their innocence. <laughs> it kind of sounds good. Kind of sounds good to me. It's Grant Morrison, so you know it's some fucked yeah. up magical shit. Yeah, I kind of like your version better. <laughs> My version sounds dirty. Well, it well, it could have gone comedic with your presentation, but when four teenage boys arrive, <laughs> brought to you by the writers of Revenge of the Nerds. It's, it's all in the delivery, man. <laughs> the long-term goal of launching UCP graphic. I'm not going to get over it, is to tap emerging talent to develop new story IP that can gain a comic book foothold for future crossover into UCP's other media platforms. Well, no dust, Sherlock. <laughs> of course. We're starting a comic book company because we don't want to buy other IP from these other comic companies. We want to see what works in the comic book world and then make movies out of it. Well, oh, people God. watch P. I'm flashing back to that stupid joke when you're in grade school. It's like, spell I cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which in this day and age where everything has an I in front of it, I'm surprised there isn't an I cup somewhere on this right. show. Did you just check? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was looking up uh, the Proctor Valley Road to see if it was an actual thing. And, and, and my, it first, is. my first question is, what's an I cup? Because that joke's way before Apple. Yeah. So it's an yeah. I cup. Fuck do you want me to spell? What do you mean spell I cup? Yeah. <laughs> First explain to me what I'm spelling. <laughs> Disney Plus dropped a little more info on Marvel's 616 at Comic-Con at home. Each episode of Marvel 616 is told from the perspective of a different filmmaker. The eight-episode anthology docuseries explores the history and cultural impact of Marvel Comics. The panel featured appearances from directors Gillian Jacobs and, and I said that right, thank God, and Paul Shear, as well as executive producers Sarah Amos and John Sturman. Jacobs' episode is focused on Marvel's female writers and their commitment to diversity and, and inclusion. Shear's episode, on the other hand, scrapes the bottom of the barrel to discover, discover Marvel's characters that may have fallen into obscurity over the years. Uh Though these are the only two episodes revealed, Sturman did make a point that no two entries will be the same. Quote, 
You can walk from one edit room to the next as these things are being made, and you'll hysterically laugh at one and bawl your eyes out in the next, he said. Shear closed things out by stating that the project, quote, is a show that could go on for hundreds of episodes simply because no one person has the same thing that they're interested in in that world. Even if you did five documentaries on Spider-Man, they could be from very different perspectives, and that's what I feel like Marvel has allowed us to do, unquote. Uh, Marvel's 616 arrives on Disney Plus this fall. Hmm. I love the idea of this series of not just doing a document. I've seen documentaries yes. on the history of Marvel Comics. I know the history of Marvel Comics now because of all of it. But I love tackling it from these various viewpoints of somebody bringing what they love or enjoy or have to say about something in its history, whether it's. I just want to do a documentary just on this one character or how the the arc of magic in Marvel has affected over the years. There's so many ways you could tackle this right. based on the filmmaker. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing what this show yeah. has to say. I wasn't sure what it was about at first, and then uh, they had that uh, Comic-Con trailer this week and dived into it. But this article is way more descriptive than even the... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a I mystery seen. to me. Yeah, I knew it was a documentary series about Marvel, but right. at, at first I'm like, yay, because I love documentaries about comic books. Sure. But at the same time, I was like, okay, so this is going to be a Marvel pus, pe- pus piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even goddamn reading. I can't talk. <laughs> pus piece, the inkler. <laughs> There's the title of the show right Good there. <laughs> Oh that, although, although that is such a disgusting two words. It's, I got it. It's UCP, UCP pus piece. <laughs> that is the grossest sentence ever uttered that was not from Paul. Oh, God. Yeah, we'd have to dig way back in the back catalog for something that... Oh. <laughs> the dwarf that eats and poops, maybe? I don't know. A Marvel pus piece. <laughs> sure, it's a Marvel pus piece, but... We'll get interesting information from oh. it. <laughs> now that's that is a, that is a that is something that needs to be in the the damn dictionary. That's a that's true. That's, that's true. It's a pus piece. It's a pus piece. I mean, boy, we can certainly use that politically. <laughs> You're f- oh damn. But no, it's not a puff piece. Apparently, it's it's uh, from director's point of view that have given kind of free reign and what they want to talk about. Yeah, it, it sounds more like a love letter than a than a like you said a puff piece. <laughs> Is that what I said? I'm not sure. That's no, I'm 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 putting words in your mouth yeah, now. I, I, I need what an, you meant to say was <laughs> I need an editor to follow me around and fix my mouth. It's a load letter, not a puff piece. <laughs> it's a load letter. Load letter, not a puff. Uh, Is it a PC load letter? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Now I know why my wife gets mad at me. Um. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> why. <laughs> Did you say it right? <laughs> I didn't say it right. <laughs> well, I love your man. Um, mm? After after yeah. CBS Television Studios and Nickelodeon announced in April of 2019 that they were developing a new CG animated series geared toward teens in the Trek universe, we have some new information. Not a lot, but some. Uh, the new series is called Star Trek Prodigy. 
It will debut on Nickelodeon in 2021. Star Trek Prodigy follows a group of unruly teens who go on adventures throughout the cosmos after finding an old dilapidated Starfleet ship and commandeering it for their own purposes. Neat. Uh, we did a red light, green light. I believe it was green lit all the way through. Uh, Troll Hunter writers Kevin and Dan Hageman are developing the series. So, like yeah, they that. in the uh, in the Star Trek. I, I think they called it Worlds of Star Trek or whatever on the uh, on the Comic Con thing. They 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 mentioned it, but they didn't get any kind of detail on it. So that's that's the best description of it yet. I think so far. So, yeah. Cool. I, I think it's I think it's kind of neat. I, I I think I would like to pitch better if it were more like uh, uh, what's what's the guy that created uh, Family Guy and uh, the Orville? Oh, uh, Seth, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. If if it was more of a Seth MacFarlane kind of, I I think sure this idea in Seth MacFarlane's hand would be awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I I like the idea of a group of somebodies that. Find a Starfleet ship, make it work, and decide to just go out with it. Yeah, it's so now that's a bunch of kids. Okay, sure, Goonies, Goonies on on Starfleet. I'm on board. I think it's a neat idea. Uh, but but I, I think more hijinks could be done with adults. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, that's well, that's lower decks. So they don't want to tread on that ter- territory. Not really <laughs> lower, lower decks. We know exactly what that is. It's it's the people you never see in Star yeah. Trek on the ship. But I, I like the idea of ne'er do wells getting a ship that's known for doing good and seeing what they do with it. Yeah, that's <clears throat> it's it's almost like uh, it's almost like if a group of kids had discovered the Defiant in that Enterprise episode. Yes, you know <laughs> that would be yes. A, that's a fine thing. You know, so and 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 more importantly, it's it's not specifically Starfleet oriented. Right. I think that. A real, the real future for the Trek franchise is to actually expand beyond Starfleet. So, <clears throat> I endorse this. Yeah, I mean that's where they're going with Picard, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm fully behind where they're going with okay. that series. It's definitely not a puss piece. <laughs> <laughs> What's your puss piece? Write to us. <laughs> oh, oh God! Don't answer, Jake. No, please do don't. not answer, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> the UCP, write to us at <laughs> comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't we'll even... talk to you next week in Geek. No, what I would. Are do. you friends with P? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Inkler? Inkler. I love that Inkler. Inkler the puff piece? I think they should be called Inklers. That that'd be that's going to be much more Inkler, I hardly even know her. <laughs> I mean there's a penciler and an inker, sure. Sure. An inkler though. An inkler. Yeah, now I'm more interested in what you do. <laughs> now I'm... now you're more than a tracer. <laughs> it's made of dissidents. <laughs> Friends with